Uh, oh, did, did, you won. You won. <laughs> I would have had it way longer, but I started laughing. <laughs> I vote. I also gave it to the laughter. <laughs> the absurdity of it just like suddenly got to me, and I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> Uh, lol to random. Oh, hey everybody, it's going off. It's Rev Critic and Muse. And uh, boy, oh boy, if you thought that just because last week's episode was, you know, the 330th episode that we weren't going to give you a reviewer's choice episode, you're sadly mistaken. Hmm. It got pushed back an episode. So here we are, episode 331. That's right, and Rap Critic ain't running no more. Oh, yes, the rumors put them all to rest. RC The legend of Rap Critic in in California. (laughs) Parental guidance suggested. Will be completely fucking ignored. That's a wrestling reference. Um, I was going to say you're back, but you're not back. You're still on location. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was just visiting fam in Texas. Now I'm uh now I'm out in California. Look, the, the, the RC takes the US, you know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm all over your map, you know. You can't stop me. You can only hope to contain me. Ain't no one safe. <laughs> That's right. Headed to New York next, but but who knows when and where? <gasps> well, I mean, I'm I'm going through Amtrak, but that none of your concern mm. other details than that. <laughs> hey, well before we get into anything, I need to shout this out because I just saw this uh, maybe five, ten minutes before we started recording. RC, we've been doing this show for nine years. In a row? 37 years in a row. <laughs> and we have finally got our first going off animated. At Idiotic Eli on Twitter has animated uh, a going off segment from our Three Feet High and Rising uh, De La Soul episode. If anyone out there wants to do a going-off animated of a segment of the show, uh, I'm just going to say we encourage that shit. I love uh, fan interaction and stuff like that, and seeing different people appreciate what we're doing in their own different ways always makes me so happy, and it's very fulfilling and gratifying. Like, I just like, I mean, animation in general, so I like seeing, like, in relation to, like, oh, this thing that I was thinking of in terms of this crazy scenario, and then, like, them illustrating that in a fun way. Like, that's always kind of cool. Like, I feel I feel like I'm fucking Robin Williams out here when they were doing the, you know, when he was doing the stand-up and they were animating it to it in the land and shit. Like, oh, yeah. oh, my God. I'm, like, fell backwards into voice acting. <laughs> fucking animated, fan art, all that shit. I, I welcome all of that stuff. It, it fucking fills my heart with so much joy. So thank mm-hmm. you so much again, uh, Idiotic Eli, on Twitter. That was great. If you, if you want to do more, um, feel free. I would love to see them. But yeah. with that, we have got the reviewer choice albums, RC. For people who didn't see, which I'm going to say is probably 99.9% of the people listening right now, who didn't see... That video I had made about the history of uh, compilation albums, RC, in that intro bit, that compilation, that little montage, people talking about their first CDs, uh, you had said that Return to the 36 Chambers, The Dirty Versions by ODB was your first CD. 
And that is what you've brought to the table today. And myself, not to be outdone. (laughs) Oh, indeed. Brought to the table. And it is my pleasure to introduce to the listening audience, because you look on Spotify, these songs don't have many streams. I'm going to go ahead and say that probably no one listening to this podcast has ever heard this album before, and I hope that that changes after today. Art is Shit by Andy the Doorbum. Charlotte, North Carolina, music legend, local boy makes good. And this was an album from 2009. Uh, He's had quite a few come out since then, but this one holds a significant spot in my heart because it's the first one I'd heard of his and it lasted uh it had a lasting impact on me and above all else I just wanted to hear RC's opinion and reaction to it so we're gonna get to that genre wise how would you describe this album jagged noise rock sort of like a you know because it's going for a very uh, overloading the sound thing but not in a not in a full band sort of way. You can tell, like, it's him, maybe, like, you know, a one-man band sort of thing going on. But but then he'll have, like, a weird country sort of twang to it, like it's the 80s, and they're kind of doing that thing where, like, oh, we're just mixing mandolins every now and then, you know what I mean? It's like Mountain mm. Man. Yeah. Like, country. Bluegrass with... noise rock. <laughs> yeah, I would say it definitely leans more towards the bluegrass. <laughs> Because it's almost all acoustic. There's some electric elements, but not much. 90% of the music on the album is just himself. He has a couple friends helping out. But for the most part, it is a one-man production. Some of the most, like, lasting lyrics for me Mm. that really just stick with you. Some, like, Mm. haunting, sometimes funny. Some very dark shit on this album. Some of the most expressive vocal deliveries. No doubt. You're <laughs> no going to get. You're going to get some smooth, very from the heart singing sometimes. And you're just going to get some straight up throat burning howling. Mm. And it's just all over. And you're getting all of it. The range and emotion and subject matter on this album is so fucking weird and intense. Did you have any favorites or songs that stuck out that you weren't so hot on? Okay, so first off, you know, initially uh, with the very big country twanging, big sky rockers, first off, I, I was having a, I was having audio visions of your your, your boy and our boy, um, big sky. You know, um, who's your, the 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 mass singer, the mass country singer? You know what I'm saying? Orville Peck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but it was this way more jagged feel to it. So it was like a little higher up in the mountains. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Burn Barrel is like this weirdly visceral intro that I was like these hyper in your face vocals and, and vocables and shit like that. Where it's just like, what is happening? And then I get to yeah, frame of the flowering eyebrow. And I'm like, oh my god, these. The only way I can describe it is these fried grown up Ed from Ed Ed and Eddie vocals. They're just so grimy. Like <laughs> I. I I did not think you could get more guttural than Tom Waits, but here the fuck we are. (laughs) (laughs) Setting of the Fourth Sun just took me off guard with the instrumental that it was basically at the end of the day. Uh, Jack Catch, this fucking, it it felt like 
you know, uh, uh, the Beach Boys's, you know, nephew uh, uh, 40 years later, you know what I'm saying, doing their own <laughs> weird, abstract, weird shit. You're wearing your skin so tight, like it's never gonna rot away. Like, oh, whoa, what the fuck, man? I, I took notes of so many lyrics that when we actually get a chance, I, I gotta go through some of these. But yeah, that is, oh boy, that's just one of the visceral ones that stick with you. And then uh, catching the moon in a mason jar with the... Yeah, it just these opening shot lyrics will just be so fucking powerful. Uh, I'm looking at a man who's in a tree talking about a woman that only he and I can see. Like, just how it just throws you off a little bit. You're going to think it's like, oh, it's going to be about him observing this crazy... Oh, oh, he's also crazy? <laughs> hey, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and oh, Caldera of Wyoming, the next time summer comes, that bitch will be brutal. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, uh, and Grandpa. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, de- Grandpa, the number devastation. Two. Uh, emotional damage. <laughs> um, uh, what else uh, were the really big ones? Uh, oh, d- just to, for the weirdness of it, deity or Daimity. I, I don't know how to pronounce that either, but yeah. yeah the fucking Koyana Scotsy in song form of, of it all. <laughs> Just the sampling different weird shit that's colliding with each other and maybe saying something about each thing, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. And then Love Song for Cigarettes, of course, uh, later on in the album. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And then the, the final Rock and Roll is Dead, of fucking course. Uh,. But it, the thing about it, the album is, is like, it's just a fireball of fantastic, unstoppable insanity. And I had a moment early on, I was like, this can't go on for this long. He's got to switch it up, you know, do something. And like, he's able to maintain it for a really long time in a way where I'm like, really concerned for his voice, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. But there comes, like, maybe the final quarter, there's like a couple of tracks where it feels a little wear, wear, wearing out its welcome. But mm. then in the late period, we get that love song for cigarettes. So I'm just like, well, was it that bad? I don't know. He seems like he's still got it. So it's like there's a, a quick couple little mini run where I feel like the ball gets kind of dropped. Just in terms of like, I just don't think what he's saying is as compelling as what he's saying mm. before. But it be, kind of becomes a thing where it's like, you know, you have to go down eventually at some point. You know, like you can't. Oh, just, yeah. Like, yeah, like the Dutch response, uh, God of Foss. Waterfall of Gods, it could be worse. All of those, I remember just those those tracks in particular passing me by and feeling like nothing stuck with me. Nothing hooked mm. in to me in the same way that there was always like a whole, you know, phrase of lyrics that would just hook me in and be like, what in the fuck is happening? You know? Yeah. Right. But um, for the most part, I think it's a just an insanely solid effort. Uh, and a very singular uh, voice of this guy. <laughs> Group vocal intro of Burn Barrel and the opening lyrics. Passion's not enough to save the world, so fuck it. Do you want to buy some drugs instead? Uh... It's such a great fucking lyric to open the album on. The short, somber dirge of uh, Jack Ketch. Headrush in Cetralia is a personal favorite of mine. It's a very catchy, upbeat, sing-along kind of song with the chorus. And deep inside the earth, a fire grows where there used to be a mine. The people left it to devour the road. And there's enough coal down there burning. Oh, it's never gonna die. And the toad! 
<laughs> like the vocal fry <laughs> yes. is so intense. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh. It's sometimes abstract. It doesn't always make sense exactly what he's describing, but sometimes the pictures can be so like this one where the like they left it to devour the road, and it's just this is a fire that's never gonna go out. There's something like the color of his voice mixed with the lyrics just like hits you in a certain way. Like that that one part where he says, "There's a warmth that only bodies needs you will find," or something like that. Where it's just like, Ugh. it's like there's a warmth that only bodies needs you will find. Like and the way his vocals just slab on top of you at that moment, it's just like Ugh. there's something that just visceral hits you, you know. Yeah. I was listening to a later album of his today because I just got in a fucking mood and I just wanted to hear all this stuff again. And there's a lyric to a song, and I th- I don't even think it was a song he wrote. I think it was a cover. It was just this love song, but the lyric was like, I want to stay with you and watch each other's bodies fall apart. Uh... Like... That's such a weird way of describing, like, growing old with someone. It's just like, yeah, yeah we're yeah. just going to watch each other's bodies fall apart. Like, holy shit, yeah. Jesus. It's the thing where it's like, but I still want to do it, you know? like. <laughs> it's an unavoidable aspect of it, you know? Uh, catching the moon in a mason jar, there, um, there's a man in the tree who's been whispering to me about visions only he and I could see. Hide my dim little corpse. I'm a leper of sorts distorted deformed like an armadillo torn by the coyotes it ends with this like a really short high-pitched squeal and then just a bunch of dogs barking so if you have a dog at home it's probably gonna piss them off caldera of wyoming uh the next time summer comes that bitch will be brutal and i'll be sweating out my stomach into my hand (laughs) it's either that or the death camps where they sing praise Ooh. to the winds and the rains and the thunderer. Their worship will make them relentless, devouring Ooh. them like a famine, then somehow shitting a kiss. Yeah, what? I don't it's like, know. Like, it's like, like, I feel what he's saying, but I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I thought I knew, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I also wrote down that it's incredible how some songs of his will have piano and organ, that somehow make a song sound hopeful and cheery when it's absolutely not that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the picture yeah, is so grim. Like... Fucking Faith Helt. Very short verse, but the rest of the instrumental is so fucking good. The horns and the, he- and the keyboard heavy half before it gives way to a much calmer piano and woodblock sounding segment, only for it to come back in as haunting as before, even slower than before the... It's like, oh god, so unsettling. This is one of the ones that I felt a little like, like they they were letting off the gas pedal a little bit, you know, it has a nice, very plaintive, simple and sweet feel halfway through it, you know, then it really crunches into it, into that. I I couldn't help but feel this way. It sounded like, the you know that Zydeco 90s video game Nickelodeon genre of music, you know what I mean? It kind of sounded like that. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> There's like that. It sounds like a fake accordion, that type of music, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it kind of had that feeling to it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's maybe a melodica is used on the album a lot. I was I kept trying to place what yeah, instruments what were being is. played. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I've heard it on They Might Be Giants albums as well. You yeah, know? for sure. Well, I think in They Might Be Giants, it might have actually been an accordion. Uh. Um, with Grandpa number two. Oh, oh man. boy. This was, okay. 
I was in the car with Dylan way back in the day. This was like 2010. And we were going to get some food, and he was playing this CD in the car. And this was the one I remember most. Just uh, because, I and I, I just want to read this along to the people listening at home, and it will not be the same. This is on Spotify, folks. I highly recommend y'all need to check this album out. Oh, but that's not God. That's just your will, despite what they'll preach to me at your funeral. I'm oh. not a fucking two-year-old anymore. Oh. And then it comes back even I'm not harder. I'm a fucking two-year-old! Someday you'll be dying, and so will I, and so will everyone. There's no two ways around it, and there will be no exceptions. Just live until you don't. Push it until it won't. And if there's no God, the only sad part, that I'll never see you again? I'm not a fucking two-year-old. Everything ends. Like, this is the biggest fucking bummer oh. this fucking song it's like god damn you andy salt yeah. blood and gasoline a uh, very creepy intro it's just got there's like these songs on here that have these random ass samples and yeah, i think with this one yeah. it's like if you're in the vicinity of the bomb you will die yeah instantly <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> and then it just then it just kicks in the they're crawling out of my face they're crawling out of my face yeah you do not expect that like it does not ready you for that deity i had quotes um samples were taken from unmarked thrift store tapes and it's just samples over a violin and percussion instrumental and the part i have quoted is from you're never gonna guess Paul Reiser's couplehood. I realized, I guess I'm done. This is who I am. I'm 5'10", nine and a half shoe forever. You know, I'd love to resume the hostilities and slaughter your village, but unfortunately, I just noticed I have the phone guy coming the 27th. So that's no good. Just the, like, it sounds so creepy in the context of the song. Well, what? Because as I was listening to it, like, it sounds like, what it sounds like is, like, they're interviewing people from the 50s, like, taking LSD for the first time, and they're just, like, deconstructing their own lives. There's, like, people who worked in government jobs, and they're, like, you know, we think people from the 50s sound like this, but then when we actually hear them talking, they're like, this is all fucked up, man. All we're doing is destroying society, man. It's all fucked. Something about the music that Andy puts these clips to that are totally innocuous and yeah, it's just a it's just a book on tape about Paul Reiser writing about how to have a successful marriage or whatever. But it sounds so much more sinister put to the music. And then it just ends with Andy not even singing, but just speaking. I want to live and expand and create and build and leave my mark and affect the world with my presence. And then I look down at the earth from a plane. And I just want everyone like me to die. <laughs> Male Calico, the uh, it's like a jaunty acoustic instrumental with the uh, the quotes. Uh, me and my friends, we got some angels we don't talk about. Down to the fire pit to sort them out. Rivers of gold laced with traces of some illegal substance. Doesn't matter which one or what it's called. We've done them all. Then the uh, and I'll walk until there's nothing left to see. And should my weary heart stop beating tomorrow, well, 
take a drink from my daddy's bottle and set him free. He has two Instagrams. One is like mm-hmm. pictures, and it, it, if you haven't looked up what Andy the Doorbell looks like yet, RC, um, do a Google search for Andy and just I have, look. I've at the just pic- been, I've just seen this album cover and just be like, what? Who? <laughs> There are some pictures that just look like an unassuming bearded dude, and then yeah. there's other pictures of him in his uh, in his uh, more um, elaborate stage attire, and it's just antlers oh and big masks God. and stilts, just some really creepy wow. imagery. Yeah. All right. This is about the level that I. Uh... <laughs> oh, coffin varnish. Okay. Oh, amphetamines, how have you been? Oh, narcotics, how the time passes. It's all coming back, hallucinogen. I'll marry the first girl that spits in my face when I say that she looks like a bottle. I'm addicted to plenty things, and they all somehow involve consumption. Bring the SWAT team to take me away, because I am well-versed in the cost of my freedom. And the exit ramp towns, they see the whole thing, Every last one of us crammed in our cars, running from something, and driving away. Uh, kiss of a human crocodile. It's so fucking unsettling. Uh, open the medicine chest and empty out your rations. Sometimes it takes double the dose to keep from feeling awkward. Then it goes, the 15-year-old maid is pregnant. He promised her he'd marry her if his wife somehow died. As her doctor carried out her abortion as she sat there still. His wife became conveniently ill. Her mother's coming to nurse her to health. You better make her sick too. And before long, they'll both be dead. You'll have the coffin unscrewed so you can kiss the lips you poisoned. Jesus! Uh, slobbery jaws. I love the instrumental. Oh, that, of that was one. just so like the, the lyrics were just just the title, slobbery jaws, and then you took your fingers out of my mouth and it made me feel lost without it. It's just like oh, uh, my. Uh, yeah. hanging around like my tonsils. Get your arm out of my breathing hole, or else I'll have to eat around it. Never again will I choose your soft skin over the hunger that's quivering my jaws. I promise. Ooh, <laughs> so fucking creepy. Like, it gives you that little ball under your chin every time you, you kind of hear this. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, I am very happy to hear you shout out Love Song for Cigarettes specifically, because this is a personal fave. This is a love song for cigarettes because I need them. Addictions are better than mouths to feed, so I'll be the one to feed them. And the man standing in your living room warned me not to say this, but my head's been fucked up for me too long to find it within myself to be embarrassed. And I must admit I blushed a bit at something so fucking hopeless, though it may have been the saddest thing that he had ever witnessed. And just the story that this... The the turns that this song takes. I almost don't want to spoil it. It's just so like... Because by the end of it, you're like, oh... Oh, Jesus. I mean, I'll say this, like, the first thing, when he says what he says about cigarettes, I was like, oh, well, that explains a lot about the voice. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then, and then just the way, I think the final line is it's like, it's time for men to learn that love and addictions can conquer anything. It's just like, oof. <laughs> There's no stopping it. Yeah. Trepanation? 
was a really strong one, I thought, too. I mean, I fucking love every song on this thing. By the time I got to this track, I was like, this is a Life is Strange core type music, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but but I will say, this one didn't grab me as much. And again, I think it might have just been an overload thing, where it was like, you come to a certain point where you're like, okay, everything up to this point was just so good. Anything that's a kind of ease up is just going to feel like a step down regardless, you know what I mean? Like, if I heard this in the wild, this would probably be a good single. And then you come to the album and you'd be like, oh, now I recognize that song, but now that's just kind of like the song that's later on, you know, after I got duped into this emotional roller coaster. Now, how about the super fucking catchy Albert? Albert. Oh, man. Okay. So this one was another one that was also really crazy, but it was just like the dynamics where it would randomly switch up to like, Mary, Mary, mother of confusion. Oh, yeah. It's like right, right when he says that the fucking church organs come in. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we fucking switch it. Just a new color just comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah. And it, it's called Albert because the first words are Albert, Albert, and it sounds like Albert, so he just named the song Albert. What? What is he actually saying? Al- Albert, Al- Owlbird, Owlbird, uh, why are you staring in the window? So, wait, so he's messing with <laughs> Yeah, he just named the song Albert, but it's really Owlbird. What? No one's gonna know what the- <laughs> You gotta read along in the genius, sir. It's like, why, why um, did you even that? Oh, no, it's not actually that. It's what I people would mishear it as. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about mishearing things. Uh, oh, especially God. Especially as we get to the second album. Yeah. <laughs> um, overall, um, I give this album a five. I got five on it. I give it a 4.5. I, I feel like there's just, like, there's, like I said, it's so much that then yeah. when the little points that kind of drag down a little bit, it feels like such a step down, like from such a mighty place. And it's like the goodness of the tracks starts to work against it, honestly. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that we also both picked albums that are like almost as long as each other. Like they're both <laughs> just over an hour. Yeah. You said this was the first album you ever got. Mm-hmm. When you got home and you listened to this album for the first time, I need to hear your thoughts and reaction to this intro. Because <laughs> this intro is fucking unhinged. <laughs> and it's honestly, like five minutes. Yes. And honestly, I gotta say, upon like going back to it, I think this has got to be the best intro and album of all fucking time. <laughs> The most, this is exactly what you're going to get, album. Like, nothing could prepare you more for what you're going to get in terms of the temperament, the humor, the the, the insanity, the production quality. Yeah, yeah. I just need to break this down because it, it does have three parts. The first part... That's indeed. The first part is the lengthy introduction... Someone else introducing ODB, but it's him. Totally not him, yeah. But he's introducing himself, and he's getting his name wrong, 
and everything. Yeah, and then, oh, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, coming back to it, I'm like, this having that movie, you're like, okay, so this guy's doing all this buildup from all houses to all towns, from the moon to Pluto, back down to Earth. Like, you know, you love him, I love him. Ladies and gentlemen, your friend and my friend, the old dirty dog. I, I mean, the <laughs> old dirty dog. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, how does this guy who apparently knows this man from here? Wait, hold on. <laughs> like, that's such a weird extra comedic beat. <laughs> so then after the lengthy intro, ODB is finally here. And he's going to tell... He's gonna dun, dun, tell dun, dun, dun. And he's going to sing a tearful song about getting gonorrhea. But only for that about a minute or two. Nobody of rap... Because then after about a minute, he's going to go, nah, I'm just playing. Uh, You're going to love this album, though. (laughs) Like, he's the most, this is possibly the most fourth wall breaking hip hop has ever gotten. Like, just to have it at the end be like, no, just play around with you. Yo, dude, you got to check out this album because it's bang. (laughs) Like, like he's advertising to you the album at the beginning of it. Like, dude, this is going to be fun, y'all. It's like, I have it. I know! <laughs> You're trying to get me to buy it? I did already. Oh my god. And then just, yeah, how he starts this whole, like, you know, I feel like the 90s. And it's interesting because it's 1995, so this really is, like, the big crossover between the sort of 2D of the, you know, early 90s into the 3D of the mid to late 90s, right? Because there's, like, still that little bit of, like, you know... I mean, clearly this dude was like drunk a lot, so they kind of had to cobble together a bunch of like the his most sober recordings, which was you know they didn't have that many lyrics, so they were like, oh, let's do some old routines. You can clearly hear that are like, oh, that sounds like it's from a little earlier in the <laughs> decade, but you're kind of rocking with it because it's still early '90s. We kind of still doing you know stuff rhymes like this a little bit, right? You know what I mean? So there's this interesting like still attachment to the early '90s, but there's the, because it's old dirty bastard. There's this weird, very specific break from it in a way that it's just like this feels like it's from the early 90s but it's so not that because it's old dirty bastard because he's he like flips his flow in such weird ways that like nobody was doing it this time and the more and more we got into this album the more i was just like i was actually starting to really appreciate like i thought this was going to be a thing where i was going to be like just you know uh you know kind of covering my uh head the whole time be like oh you gotta have to give him that's what he mean you know i don't know but honestly i gotta say the emotionally weird high point that this album gets actually kind of has me rooting for it. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not feeling ashamed in a way. I I, I gotta say, I, I'm wearing the weirdness badge with honor when it comes to this album because, oh my God, it just goes for it so much in a way that, like, I, I gotta say, I didn't even appreciate as much as a weird kid listening to this fucking album. You know what I mean? But yeah, um... With that intro, it's just so insane. Like, yeah, having him like it's such a you know letting this freak this guy's freak flag fly in terms of I mean you know this is probably the most coordinated they get in terms of this album right of like hey let's actually set up this whole thing where you talk and then Rizzy you're gonna be in the background rooting me on like yeah oh dirty motherfucker go. You know, and yeah, him doing the introduction, which is like it's basically you know uh, um the 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 over the topness of like a Snoop Dogg Dr Dre you know chronic record but turned up to eleven because it's ODB you know talking about like oh yeah you know I got burnt for gonorrhea well it was actually two times if, if you really look at it because it was this other chick and, and you know I you know I, I, if you you know I love the girl but but I had to cut the bitch off yeah the bitch died I, 
I killed the bitch. I killed her. So long, paving it. Like it just gets more and more intense. Like every sentence, you're like, wait, what's happening? Wait, you did the. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> I was also like, kind dude, of picturing. I was picturing the audience in attendance. <laughs> And them all just kind of hanging on every word. And then it's just like... He's like the Elvis of the day. And you know, everyone's like oh, waiting yeah. for the song. And then they're hearing like, wait, my favorite artist has double gonorrhea. What's happening? We didn't leave it in. We were talking about it after the recording. But that 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 little rascal short where Alfalfa's like, hey, I don't want to croon anymore. I want to sing opera. So he sells out this opera house and there's bi- there's billboards all over town that's like go like the wonderful alfalfa, the amazing alfalfa. And he's just there on stage alone. I'm the barber of Seville. Boom! <laughs> and people immediately just start pelting him with vegetables. Like full heads of cabbage are bouncing off his fucking head. That's what I picture is just like people like, ODP, ODP, yeah! And then it's just like, hey, I'm gonna sing you a song I wrote. Actually, it's actually Blowfly, uh, Blowfly wrote it. <laughs> yeah, someone else wrote it, but. But then yeah. he says, this is a song I wrote. Like, you just said it wasn't you! I didn't forget that. You just said that. You hear the paper unfurling? <laughs> I don't believe it's just the audience kind of like simmers. You don't hear them anymore. And like they're all just watching him unfurl the paper out of his pocket. Like, aha, uh-huh, oh, this is gonna be good. Yeah, the bitch died. Uh, I killed her. And you know what's crazy about it? It's like, I never, as a kid, I did not know the first time ever I saw your face. So I'm just listening to this and going like, what is this song he's singing? I can't say I've ever heard it either. But now as an adult, I'm hearing, you know, the original song. The first time ever I saw your face, I felt the earth triple or something. Like it it goes a completely different way. But then to hear like him, you know, messing up the words the way he does. So it was like I was able to appreciate it double times over coming back to it now. Of like the weirdness hearing it the first time. And then also having the, oh, I know what this is a reference to now. Because I remember Erica Badu... And uh, the Flaming Lips, I think they recently did a cover of it a couple of years ago. It was like oh, this shit. Video, yeah. Um, well, of the original song. But yeah, and so, like, yeah, having that, uh, what was that? Because, uh, uh, yeah, during that whole time, does it, yeah, that's right, what happens at the beginning. He's like, I don't usually cry, I don't usually cry, but, you know. And then you hear, like, it sounds like the piano dude in the background is starting to play something, like, oh, should I play along? And then it's like, oh, it, uh, is this going to be a bit too much when he stops? And then ODB's like, uh, you can play that shit if you want to. <laughs> Oh yeah, it starts. It stops and starts. Are you? You can play that if you want. To. <laughs> that was so good. Like like it actually wasn't planned. Like he's standing up in church or something like that. Like this is confession. Now look, I will say this though. I wish that any other song on this on this album was half as like had this ambitious and insane and just throwing it to the wall yeah because this is like this is the highlight in like getting a glimpse as to his personality and his right. sense of humor because i will say this album is not without its bangers but it's really underwhelming in a lot of it yeah and, and it annoys me because like we got to get right into it shimmy shimmy yeah. y'all 
as I like listened to the song and it was always so disappointing that they never used the video version. You've seen the music video, right, for the song? Oh, no. In the music video, they like after the first verse, which is like the it's a nothing, just kind of silly, sh- sh- shimmy shimmy ya, yeah, just saying nothing sort of verse. But then like they kind of flip the verse backwards right before the second verse starts, and then a new verse starts where he says like new shit that sounds like way more cooler and in your face sounds like he's like right up on the mic and shit. And so like it's way cooler to watch the music video, and then Damn. like um. Yeah, so the original Shimmy Shimmy Yab, which only repeats one verse, uh, I give it a two out of out of five because it's like it's just so wow. like nothing happening. Yeah, like I think it's like the worst track on this album because it's just like oh wow, this is so nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's so not giving you anything of what his real personality is. I think when you have the flip backwards thing and you have the second verse where he goes a little crazier, that that's some personality. That's something happening. I understand the idea of like oh you know hey this is the most we this is the most clean you know ready for radio song we could get out of him this is the most you know method man song we could get out of him i get it but it's just like then go all the way with it have the fun flip reverse chorus um reverse verse you know what i'm saying like actually go all the way with it and i'll say this much um the the west coast version have you seen that version the music video for that which Mm -mm. for some fucking reason we can't find the uncensored version of i've I've been trying so hard to find it but you can't find it with e40 and uh mc uh eight i think dude it's fucking incredible with even more flipped up like oh baby i like it raw like that shit i give that shit a five out of five If, if only that was on this fucking album like oh my god like the most milk toast not interesting version of this song is on this album it is so fucking disappointing for that to be coming right after that incredible skit it's just like an immediate drop down because without having the uh frame of reference for the other versions this is the only version i'd ever heard i wasn't as disappointed in it so i actually gave it a higher rating than you did there but it's really just it's got a cool minimal piano beat and it's yeah, got the uh, classic dude, 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 dude. chorus that, that everyone fucking yeah. knows. But yeah, there's really just not much to it. And especially yeah. after fo- following that intro, you need more heat than that. If it was like a one-two with Baby Come On, I would maybe like, like if they just combined it as a track, I would maybe show it a little bit more love as a, oh, they're doing an A-B you know, if they maybe did, like, the verse repeats, you know, two times, and then they just immediately go into this as, like, a thing, like, I would kind of get that, and that's kind of what they're going for, because, like, you know, Baby Come On it does feel like it's just, like, one verse that just bleeds from what happens at the end of the track, but it feels like the end of that track just goes on for a little while, so it feels like a, well, we need a whole bunch of time to just kind of, like, play this out and have a little Richard Pryor sample and stuff, and, you know, again, like, I feel like RZA is trying to do a thing of, like, okay, we can't get ODB for as much time as we can so let's try to make sure that in the production we're reflecting the craziness and off the wallness of you know shit you know you're hearing little you know guitar shit in the background like stuff that sounds like it's off the beat but it's like just on the offbeat of shit in a way that feels really really weird and cool you know what I mean um and so like in that way, the production kind of like works with ODB in a way for these first couple of tracks, but it still feels like there's something detracted. Like, Baby Come On is probably the most clear eyed you'll get of ODB on this album. And even I've got to say, like, it's slightly better lyrically than Shimmy Shimmy Ya, but it's still not like that great. You know what I yeah. mean? It's still not like it doesn't hit what Brooklyn Zoo hits. You know what I mean? Like, first two songs are really just like half of songs. Like, you really yeah. do need them together to make one solid <laughs> song. 
Yeah, because yeah. Be- between them, there really isn't a lot going on. There's like the mini bridge in the middle of the baby come on. And then it's kind of like, why was that even there to split up what was happening? Like, I did have to point out this one part in baby come on because it just kind of made me laugh the way he was pronouncing these words. It goes, hip hop to meh. It's like a place to burp. Yeah, the, 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 my specialty to meh. burping these lyrics. To you is M. Sir. He's like, what are you doing yeah. that? I thought that was kind of funny. The thing that really becomes the uh, the highlight of, of this is, like, his emphasis. You know, his, like, the way he says it. Because it's interesting, like, the way people rapped at that point, you know, it was either you were trying to lock into the flow, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, or you were trying to speak more just, like, in a talking, expressive way, like like a person naturally talking. But he doesn't rap like a person who's naturally talking. He raps like a person who's, like putting really specific emphasis on shit, you know what I mean? Like, that you wouldn't normally do, you know? <laughs> I did also like that there was the ending part where it it, it it holds on the word baby, but it just kind of becomes a noise for after a while. It's like, baby. And it just holds for so long. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the little, you hear, like, glass breaking in the background that also kind of starts, sounds like it's part of the beat, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like little things like so it's like oh, you want to give it up for like the little cool atmospheric things that really makes way for like you know what his weirdness and you know arithmetic strangeness is uh but like you said uh yeah it still feels like a ultimate disservice especially compared to what we get the fucking heights of brooklyn zoo jesus christ like i still Man, like, I, I've come back to this song, you know, so many times, and I remember, you know, when you listen to something so many times, you kind of feel like, oh, is this song really that great? And then you come back to it, it's like, no, especially for the time, like, this song is madness. Like, it's so, like, not what anyone else was doing at the time. <laughs> the jagged rhyme scheme. Like, we start off, I'm the one man on me, a song. I never been taken out. I keep MCs looking out. Like, the rhyme is, like, the last two measures of the bar. You know what I mean? Like... That's so weird to do it like that. And then he kind of keeps flowing like that in this weird way as things go on. And then, you know, of course, the way he speaks that's so, like, you know, slightly garbled in a way where you're like, did he say this lyric or did he say that lyric? In a way where it's like, that kind of becomes its own choose your own adventure. Like, well, did he say it this way? Did he say that? Because I remember always hearing this lyric as, I drop science like girls be dropping babies, like just in general. Apparently it's, I drop science like Cosby dropping babies. Oh, yeah. Which makes it even more insane. (laughs) Because that man did have a lot of kids on that show. And he's also in the news today. Oh, boy. Uh, Precisely. Um, (laughs) Enough to make you go crazy. I have... I had to take note of, because th- this, I think, is a credit to ODB. Just the lyrics, this type of pain you couldn't even kill with Midol. Fuck around, get sprayed with Lysol in your face like a can of mace. That's such a bad lyric. Like, such it's such a, a basic, shit. yeah, bar, yeah. But because yeah. of how he delivers it, he makes it sound cool. Like, And, and yes, that's what it's all about, like... Uh, 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 personality, right? In your face like a can of mace, baby. Is it burning? Well, fucking now you're learning. Like, you know, you did it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> and look, we've said this on this show, so let this be an example. Because we've talked about people who send us their own individual privately recorded albums, right? And we're like, these are good, like, these are fine lyrics, but the delivery is so crucial. Like, good lyrics instantly become whatever if they're not delivered right. 
but you can even make the wackest shit yeah. sound good if you have the right delivery. And this is a prime example of that. Yeah. And it's like delivered over this beat that has this, it's like, it's rotating, but it's clearly like cracked and weirdly out of like, you know, it's not the right, it's not exactly on the one of one in the beat, you know, dun, 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 dun. like there's something that sounds just off and you can't quite place it, but the beat drops just at the right point. So you're like, okay, but it still works. So, you know what I mean? So there's this weird out of time whirlingness to it. You know what I mean? And you can even hear in the background, the little <laughs> as he's rapping. It's just so weird, but per exactly perfect for what it needs to be. And like just these lines, like, cause like I said, there will be these sort of basic bars, but delivered just in a way where like, because of how jagged and just bumping right off the track, it sounds. It, like it hits your ear right you know so it actually sounds it doesn't sound stock it doesn't sound like just someone's because you know every now and then of course we all say stock phrases but if you deliver it in a fun way like oh son now you're learning you know what i mean like it comes off funny you know what i mean so um yeah and then he'll say lines where it'll just be like hey son i keep planets in orbit which is like who the fuck would have thought to say that i keep planets in orbit like what <laughs> <laughs> like i keep planets in orbit while i be coming with deeper and more shit <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, I wish this whole album was as focused as this with mm. just these, uh, last seen and heard. No one knows. You forget. Niggas be quiet and skeptical. Now you knew nothing before you knew a whole fucking lie. You ass don't want to get shot. <laughs> like, that's so <laughs> Now, oh, now you know nothing. Well, before you knew a whole fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> those are the moments. Yeah, those are the standout moments. Where, where he jumps off of the beat in a way that's like, oh, he's really just like talking to you for a second. This isn't just flowing. He's like, no, this man will fight. This man will grab you by your collar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have a quote like that in, um, to me, the first five on the album. Not Hippa Didda Hoppa. Skipping that one for a second. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's it's okay. But <laughs> Rawhide... An example oh, of how his delivery, how he goes, I want to see blood, whether it's period blood Ooh. or busting your fucking face. Some blood! Like, he yells <laughs> blood. It's, it's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, it's the, yeah, it's that believability factor. This man actually sounds like, you know, a, a caged animal unleashed that they're just holding back. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I... I also wanted to quote this one part only because it's relevant to me this week. He goes, wicked women putting period blood in stew. Don't that make it witch's brew? Okay. I was listening to an old radio show from 2002 while I was at work because that's just what I do these days, right? <laughs> and specific. a woman calls up that, that she practices um, Santeria, mm. which someone calls up and, and speculates that it's not Santeria, but it's more like more like black magic. But she says that she made her husband fall in love with her by putting period blood in his coffee. So this is and a I... thing. Oh. I was unaware that this was a thing. So if I didn't listen to that radio show and I would have came across this lyric, I would have known what the fuck ODB was talking about. But luckily, I had that knowledge going in. And it's it's very weird. There was a whole segment of the show. <laughs> we're connected. A, a regular going off brand coincidence that we have all the fucking time. That she says, 
oh yeah, I did this, and he fall, and he's like infatuated with me now, and it's because of the period blood. But don't think I didn't pay a price for it. A woman can make a man fall in love. What a woman needs to do is during that time of the month, uh-huh. she needs to collect some of her flow. Okay. I'm trying to be careful. Now, so far, I think you're fine. Okay. So we're collecting the flow. We collect the flow. You yeah. let the flow congeal or solid or get solidifier. Yeah. Make it so- okay. You make it a solid form. You pour this into a man's coffee or some kind of hot liquid that he's going to ingest. Okay. The man will be bound to you forever. No, you he can't. know about it. If no. he knows about it, it doesn't work. You if can't. he knows about it, you go to jail. Now, why why wait for it to be solid? Can't you just squat over it? I, I'm i sure. I guess you can. I've never squatted over something. All right. How much has to go in there? Uh, honestly, I was told that when you do it, as much as you possibly can without it being noticed. So you actually did this to get yourself a man? Um, we do desperate things in desperate times, I suppose. Huh. And so he is just stuck on you, though, huh? Yeah, and he wasn't when we first met. That's interesting. Now, do you worry that you're going to have to pay back somewhere along the way? I did pay back. In what way? That I, I don't feel comfortable in saying. You, you burn a lip trying to do it? Niggas want to get too close to the utmost, but I got sacks out of Jack. Anyway, I goes, introduce yo, fuck that niggas, nigga. Like, just I love again, these moments. <laughs> like, introducing, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, guys. <laughs> That's the type of shit. I wish that was all throughout this fucking album, because those are my yeah. favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then Hippa to the Hoppers. Oh, man. It's, it's so like a... Even as someone who's listened to this album a bunch, so I've heard like, oh yeah, the sort of piano loop of it all that sounds kind of like mid-90s, maybe a little dated. Like, no, no, no. Y- your ears do not deceive you. Hippo to the Hoppa is definitely lesser than <laughs> Brooklyn Zoo. You know, I, all of this is well-worn to my ears, and this has always sounded like the not-as-cool version. The only thing I give it props for is just the... It, this is him, like, doing the dirty grimy rapper up like just as much as possible with the punchlines you know the shit i'm dropping is thinking up your area so i shoot it through like a messenger carrier i keep my breath smelling like shit so i can get funky <laughs> it's like it's just like willing to degrade his own character just for the sake of the goofy punchline you know like that's what odb kind of is on a track like this but even so like i kind of wish there was more happening you know what i mean in terms of like it really being a wild out track, especially compared to what we just heard, you know? I, w- I kind of wish that this album was credited to ODB and RZA because we've talked a lot about the production and I think a lot of times the production is kind of like, the, like by facto the star of the show sometimes. Yeah, Like, yeah. They, they definitely share an equal stage, I think, sometimes. Definitely, um, especially on something like this, yeah. But RZA for sure, especially like you mentioned, Hippa de Hoppa, he fucking loves his goddamn piano loops. Like <laughs> all they would have shim shimmy y'all, baby, come on. Yeah, you got a fucking simple ass piano loop on like every song. But the um, ODB and RZA verses on Rawhide, I think of like what made this the best wait, song RZA, on the album wait, wait, so wait. far. Wait, 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 RZA's not on. He's not on Rawhide. It's uh, oh, Method wait. Man and Raekwon, the chef, who's on who's on Rawhide. Oh shit! Okay, what the fuck was I looking at? Okay, that's re- uh, are, uh, uh, the second verse with the check the shit. It's like a shotty while she running like John Gotti, colliding on the track like Jenny Waddy. That one, I think so. I'll, I'll explain this. 
I got lazy again, right? And for the first half of the album, I was listening to the album on uh, Spotify, so it didn't tell me who uh, was yeah. doing the verses. They won't tell um, you, yeah, on some of these fucking track so, listings. At, at some point, someone shouted out RZA, so I think that might have been why I just automatically thought it was him. But nah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I probably should have known better. Method Man does the hook. Yeah. Shoot him in, rule him in, shoot him out, rule him out. Okay. I thought ODB was doing that. I wasn't sure. No. <laughs> I do fucking love that chorus, though. The Dude, it is so cool. Like, first of all, like, ODB and Method Man don't have that many songs together, which is so crazy because they're, like, the most fun members of the group, and you'd think they would get them together more. <laughs> yeah. But... The only thing there is, I think for the most part, is this track, which doesn't even really feel like it because it's kind of split up by Raekwon's verse and, you know, the Night Train or whatever track at the end, which is like kind of, it's like half a track, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the best that I feel like happens is maybe the Dirty Meth uh, song that comes later on, and I think it was actually uh, posthumously, but it's like the most lyrical both of them were at the same time on a track. But yeah, it does feel weird that the most energetic dudes never got, like, a real superstar shining, like, hit song track together. It's like, yeah, their energies, I guess, we're just too different for it to ever really come true. And you only get the one ghost face moment, like... Yeah, ah, uh, uh, going to Rawhide, this verse, so getting to the point, like, yeah, this is, this verse, I feel, is the most of... You know, I feel like he's like the insane clown posse of the group where it's like he's not the most lyrically impressive, but by nature of like the craziness and the insanity and personality and offbeatness of how it catches you with what he's saying is what makes the verse, right? Like, mm. um, like yeah, this is one of those verses where like tone is what makes the verse ultimately, you know, because he says he'll sh say shit that's not literally not rhyming, just saying the same verse again, but because what he's saying is so impactful, that's what hits you. Because he says like, you know, I'm tired of sitting on my fucking ass. Nigga, I know y'all run around with mad fucking cash. Who the fuck wants to be an MC if you can't get paid to be a fucking MC? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and then the, I care about my mama pussy. I'm on welfare. 26 years old, still on welfare. That's a great part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got to get paid fully, whether it's truthfully or untruthfully. Like, what? That's really... <laughs> like, but it just goes... Like, the way he keeps playing on the idea of I'm saying the same... Like, I feel like I've heard so many rappers do the... I, if, it's like I'm saying the same word, right? But they'll do that with, like... Oh, it's like I'm like I'm going left, but then you gonna get left, and you gonna get hit with this rights and lefts, but then I'm like on your left, like you know, it's like they're almost hitting the idea of playing with you know different meanings of a word, you know what I mean? But I feel like yeah. he's someone who really like hits you with it because you hear the different intention of the first phrase versus the second phrase. You know, it doesn't just sound like, no, that's just basically the same. You just use the same meaning. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say, right? We hear yeah. rappers do that thing where there's like, no, I get you're trying to play on a meaning of a thing, but you didn't really do it that well, you know? But like with someone going like, I can't my pussy on welfare. Yeah, I'm 26 years old. Yeah, and I'm still on welfare. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, my life has not improved in two and a half decades. Like, yeah. that's what that intention of the repetition is. You know what I mean? And then the, right. I got to get paid fully, whether it's truthfully or untruth. Like, that's brilliant. <laughs> you know? Like, you, I use the same, was it, uh, suffix. <laughs> I use it, yeah. I use the same suffix, but for a different end in each part. Like, that's the brilliance of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um... 
it's all about emphasis, you know? So that's what I mean when I say that sort of like, you know, the you can break the rules of, yeah, you can rhyme a word with the same word, but there has to be a point to it. It can't just be like, oh, wow, yeah, I could have done that. I could have just, you know, not rhymed it. Because, like, the point of a rhyme is that there's an expectation, right? Like, oh, what are you going to say that rhymes with that? And then, oh, you rhymed the same word. Oh, but you meant it that time when you said it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah and it's just dumb when it's like, I don't know, oh, oh I said there, but then I said there, but then I said there. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you get <laughs> a lot of time with fucking rap songs where it's just like, that's the most basic version of what you could do with that, you know? Now, fucking damage. Oh, man. Okay. And this is, like, it's so weird how this album feels like it's, like, hanging on, like, a thread of how all of this is being put together. Like, you can hear the seams of how grimy and, like, craggly and cracked that this track is. But it's, the jaggedness yeah. works so perfectly, I feel like, for this type of battle track. Like, this is the only way the genius and old dirty bastard could be on a track together. Because, again, their energies are just so different. It becomes this thing of, like, yeah, how do you work, you know, OD, ODB, the madman with genius who's kind of, like, more measured, you know? And the way they do it is kind of, like, this weird, like, next-level run-DMC. Like, I don't even think Beastie Boys was doing shit this complex with how they, like, bounce off of each other's rhymes. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, it doesn't really feel like one person to the next person's verse. It just feels like one person goes and then another person gloms on and then they'll just, like, bounce a couple of words and then it bounces to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I had to quote that one part. The uh, my main source is like a friendly game of stickball. As you yeah, step up to the Batman, <laughs> I play Riddler, and you try to do me a rhyme, then I'll change to Hitler. Go out like a Nazi. You'll be wishing your fucking ass stayed at home and played Yahtzee, or watching Happy Days, sweating poxy with Ralphie and Richie Cunningham, Joni and Chachi. Like it seriously just sounds like they both recorded the song, and then someone yeah. just took both re- recordings. And just try to make something of it, like editing it. Right. <laughs> because there's parts where you hear a line and it cuts off so abruptly. Yes. And then the other one takes over that it just sounds really rough, but yeah. not in a super distracting way. No, no, because I, uh... Uh, something, something, the pleasure. It's not a new port, but it's still alive and pleasure. Come on, don't be silly. It's back yeah. and silly. <laughs> But you could tell that was like a routine they had or something like that, you know, to bounce off it like that. But yeah, they just like did like, okay, I'll just do a take and then you'll do a take. And the idea is that it'll just go off like that. <laughs> now, but and, but then they'll be like, what was it? I, I feel like, yeah, because it's like we have to savor these moments because these are honestly the most lyrical moments that ODB gets. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But what was that one part where he says, uh... Oh, yeah, where it's like, you know, it's like, it's a battle rap, but it also, like, deviates into these weird scenarios where it's like, I'm so, so much of a badass that, like, MC start to vanish. I stepped up to a jet black kid. He started speaking Spanish. Yo, he wasn't from Panama. I asked him how he got so dark. The nigga said, Santanama. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Santanama? What is that? <laughs> is that, like, an ad or something? <laughs> and then he responded so fast, he made me laugh. <laughs> then I scared his ass. <laughs> It's such this, like, weirdly over-the-top thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like these, it's the early 90s comedy rap, like, you know, Saturday morning cartoon rapper sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, no one actually believes that this is actually, like, a gangster rapper doing this shit, you know? Like, the next stretch is pretty weak. Yeah, okay, so, so this song ends abruptly, where he's like, I teach the truth to the youth. I say, hey, youth, here's the truth. You better start wearing bulletproof. Arms up with a shield where you get trapped up just like children of the cornfield. And then it just like, 
And then it, it cuts like off, all the, yeah. Yeah, it feels like all the visuals just like got really close and just bumped over into your face and then it just abruptly cuts to, like these girls in the back are like, yo, yeah, that guy's a cutie. Oh, like, God, that no. intro. Oh, oh, but his we, disposition. <laughs> oh, we're into the Fucking. sex song. Alright. <sighs> yeah, I gotta say, don't don't you know the stomp and going down Oh man not great. Yeah. We had a real but, we had a real low point. <laughs> but fucking drunk game, but, sweet sugar pie that could be the worst song on the album. Uh, it, it it is it's one of those it's like how bad does it get and does it get to the so bad it's good for you that's what this stretch of the album kind of becomes you know what i mean yeah i feel like don't i feel like don't you know doesn't necessarily get there but i feel like drunk game sugar pie gets there for me no 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 way okay don't you know and going down for me are just like Kind of whatever. Like, don't you know? I just thought it was kind of weak. Um, the real nothing verse from Killer Priest. I don't know what that was even doing well, there. Well, it's weird because, like, I think it's interesting how it's kind of, like, weirdly, like, how he's, like, he's got, like, jumbles of rhymes that are kind of, like, bouncing off of each other. You know, my uncle named Chandra from way down yonder. Apple of my eye, had a snap of a surprise. Forgot the ketchup. That's what I pressed up. It's like he's doing this, like, A-A-B-B-A-A-B-E continual rhyme. But then, like, halfway through the verse, he, like... Like, he just wanders off the topic describing the dad just slightly way too much. You notice yeah. that? Like, where it's like, oh, I, I, it's like, oh, yeah, he's talking about the chicken. Oh, got to keep an eye out for the old man. Who's a, and then um, let me talk about how he did the hill. He did the stomp with his hillbilly friend and drank moonshine. It's like, why are you talking about him so much? Like, talk about the chick. Talk about her. <laughs> yeah, so I was got a little confused there. And then just how ODB, it's such a whack fucking verse. ODB comes back after Killer Priest's verse. And he just talks about a teacher who's like randomly starts talking about oral sex and he's like, Whoa, what kind of class is this? Get in your class, walk to your chair, pop us all you see, and then occasionally stare at the teacher or students who were clocking you. Lean back at this girl who kept <laughs> clocking you. And it's like, wait, you just said clocking you twice. Like that that's not a good double rivalry. That's the exact same meaning, you know what I mean? And then and then it's like, stimulated from the sesame oil blood. Tell the girl, young girl, baby, you're the one I want. She doesn't respond, pretends to ignore, so you say to yourself, it'd be her cold and so mentally visualize. Like, what is he saying? Like, visualize the name on the board as how to buy pussy you cannot afford. That. Like, what is he talking about? You cannot about? afford? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is he saying, visualize your name, her name on the board as how to buy Like, it's like in my brain as a kid, I remember being like, I'm seeing the visual of like, a, oh, he's having a daydream and it's like, oh, you know, he, he's not paying attention to what the teacher's saying. So he's imagining, you know, it's like doing the dream warble effect where it's like the teacher is actually, you know, pointing to the girl as in like a chalkboard uh, painting. You know what I mean? It's like, here's the pussy that you can't get. And he's like pointing to the anatomy. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. But then it's like, but it doesn't feel like that's what's actually being saying. Visualize the aim on the board as how to buy pussy. You cannot afford this girl. Like, I just... Like, is that what he's saying? Because it doesn't really feel like that's what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. yeah and then uh, the girl who was slim and trim whispered in a friend's ear quietly, I want him. Uh, I took out my books to write notes in my class, but I kept fantasizing my dick in that ass, so I turned around to arrange a date. Swinging episode, baby, number one's gotta say it. She popped her gum, cold twisted curl. I said, baby, how'd you feel? She said, sure. Then I said, sure, I just found my thrill. We're in the classroom. No, on Blueberry Hill. She, she, and then what is this part where he's like, she put her face on the desk. This is what the, but it was like, wait, are they having sex now? Wait, in the classroom? Is is this a dream? <laughs> like, you know, like I'm just so trying to figure out wh- where are we, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> this was, it's, it's very unfortunate. And like you said, it's badly written. So, oh, oh and the ending is so about, bad. Yeah, he's talking about the oral sex, and the teacher's like, "Hey, let me show you." And he's like, "He's he's trying to leave," which makes it the worst uh, yeah, part oh, because yeah, now right. so this, she's this she's forcing herself yeah. on ODB, uh. and she's blowing him in the classroom as he's trying to run away. And then ODB just comes over and says, "Part two coming up." Like, nah, man. You can keep that shit. I do not need to hear the rest of this. I do not care. And what's so stupid about it is that it's like, you know, it it treats it as if, like, that's, like, the big punchline. Easy on my balls. They're fragile as eggs. But it's like a, okay. Like, it's it's such a grade school gross-out gag, like... To, like, you came up with this line in fourth grade, and you thought it was still dope, because in fourth grade, I said balls, and I said they're like eggs, oh, that's silly imagery, but it's like, you know, you're an adult on a record label, and that's what you're ending with, like, you know, like, it's not a punchline, it's just a bizarre imagery to end on, you know, like, nothing feels like, oh, but then that happened, then I woke up, like, then I woke up with my nuts in my hand in my class, you know what I mean, like, if there was just yeah. something that ended it, but then it's just kind of like, no, I, I said bees on my balls. We'll tell you more about it in part two. Like what? You didn't end exactly on a fucking cliffhanger. Like, and then Man. the stomp. Yeah, this is just a this nothing is a filler song. One. Yeah, like the only thing notable here is the randomness of saying, "Have you ever, ever, ever in your long legged life had a ball headed bitch for your ball headed wife?" The rhymes where he's actually trying to write a rap will be like, eh, that was something, that was so-so. But then he'll just say something that's really simple, and that will be, like, the best line. We'll just be like, yeah, ah, come here to ter- rectify, Brooklyn Zoo, terrify, like, oh, I'm lyrical, I just... It's like, yeah, that was a nothing filler line. But then he'll just go, niggas want to get up and rap, 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 man, fuck that! <laughs> like, that line is like, this could have been the whole song. You could have just yeah. started the song and be like, niggas want to get up and rap, rap, man, fuck that! And then just had the instrumental, and that would have been a doper song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then going down, which is the most, probably, like, the most disjointed sounding song of them all. Like It's a fucking I, mess. This is I the one that realized. starts... <laughs> yeah. It starts with the noise and the, the fucking throat noise game we tried to do at the top, and he sounds like a fucking Last of Us clicker. And he's doing all this. Then th- there's a part where this woman is talking, like it's, like it's one half of the His wife, by the way, his real wife. Oh, shit, okay. And she's actually angry at him. <laughs> Which explains a lot. Over her talking to him, he's singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and I just was like, this is unlistenable. Like, what the fuck has happened? <laughs> oh, okay. I need to backtrack for just a second. Oh, when I switched from Spotify to Genius. So on Don't You Know, a fucking um, Jack Harlow moment here. 
the lyric the lyric reads dear quietly i want him to know my boots what's the lyric i'm pretty sure it's knock oh knock my boots (laughs) no my boots but according to spotify it's (coughs) know my boots and then on going down Mm. i I switched over to genius because i was like i need the actual lyrics Mm. it says boogie down rocks are you in the house are you in the house I'm pretty sure it's Boogie Down Bronx. Yeah, it's Bronx. Yeah, get out of Why here. Why is Genius wrong now, too? <laughs> Someone uh, verify okay. these lyrics. So, but let, let's get into the specific weirdness of going down, right? So, like, because, mm. like, the first minute and a half of this track just feels like an early 90s rolling around town. It's got a sort of, like, you know, dark beat. Doom, doom, doom. It's like a sub, it's a sub Wu-Tang Clan, you know, the fuck with sort of beat happening there, you know. You hear a little bit of blaring. And, like, he kind of starts off with this old school rapping routine, you know. I go by the unforgettable name of the man called UDG. And I'm like, all right, we're going... 1986 with this what's going on you know what i mean like this is like we're like a minute into the song and it feels like nothing's happened and then like it does this weird thing where it's like he ends the verse where he's like my name is known all over the world by the foxy ladies and the pretty girls i go down in history as you know the guy who's getting all the chicks and banging all the ladies ha 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 so like after right after this line about i'm getting all the pussy and all the chicks in the world that's when his wife comes up and says, I ain't got no time for this motherfucking bullshit. You got a kids at home. And so it's like this weird fourth wall breaking thing of like, yeah, rappers yeah, are always yeah. saying, oh, yeah, I'm getting all this pussy. And then his wife comes in and I, I don't know what's happening. And I think I remember hearing something about how like, yeah, there was an argument and we just happened to have the recorder on. And so we're like, uh, let's just keep that because <laughs> it sounded Shit. right. But it's so weird because it's like, it's almost like she heard him saying that line and was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You fucking all these bitches. Yeah, <laughs> I like, think if that if that was played into that or if that yeah. was what actually happened, that would right. be kind of funny. And if he didn't start just randomly singing over it. Yeah, because it doesn't like, make sense. Is he just ignoring no. her? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah, and, and with me not knowing that's his wife, that wouldn't even make sense. It just seemed like a woman is randomly mad. <laughs> yeah. Um... Then you get Drunk Game. <sighs> oh, Drunk Game. <laughs> Sweet goodbye. <laughs> oh, I wish you a bye. Oh, ODB. Uh, uh, showing up all these rappers in the... Showing up uh, Biz Marquee by showing them how it's done. Oh, uh, yeah. When you, when you want to sing for the ladies. That's right. No no rappers. No, fuck that. We're, <laughs> we're going all vocals, baby. I need to quote Genius's the description of it. It opens up by saying, A comical track which consists of yeah. ODB screaming and, ramble- and rambling like a drunkard. Oh, so really setting the track apart from the rest <laughs> of the album in that way then, huh? <laughs> and what what is this intro? He's like, yo, imagine imagine this shit we, if you're like drunk as hell and you're going into a fucking bar and shit and you stumbling over bitches and falling over everywhere and throwing up and shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's start the track. Come on, come on. Uh, it's like, what? That wasn't... You didn't go anywhere. You were just... Imagine if you were stumbling into a bar drunk off your ass. All right, let's get into the love song. It's like, what? You didn't tie it together? I don't know. And then it's like, I want all your people to feel what I feel. See, my mama taught me this shit. And then in the background, you just hear... Ah, ah. 
<laughs> Invader Zim energy. <laughs> like, and my daddy learned from my mama, which is good. <laughs> which is good. Sweet goodbye. And it's like, what? How did we get here? I don't know how we got. We we went through like two and a half different scenarios of like, imagine someone being drunk, and then my mom and my dad taught me this, and it's fine. It's good. Anyway, baby, let me spit some game to you. Like, what? How did we get mm -mm. here? What's happening? And then he's just, he's just going off. He's just like, just, and, and there's no like ironic lyrics like earlier on the first track, you know, where it's like, oh, he's singing that lyric, but he's being ironic about what the, no, it's just sweet, my girly, oh, my honey, you look so good to me. And then it's like, it kind of breaks down. We're just like, do you love me? Do you love me, girl? I know you love me. <laughs> and it's like, and you're just, it just kind of starts falling up. Like you, you think there's going to be some sort of like, Oh, verse chorus structure. But then it's just kind of like, uh, is he just talking to someone now? And then he, halfway through, he just goes on this ramble. He's like, yeah, you know, there's other groups that's better than me. Like the temptations. <laughs> and it's like, Oh my God. I, yeah. Yeah. We, we knew. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like, oh, and Mrs. Jo Miss Jones and Mrs. Jones. And, it, you know, it sounds like he, like, it legit sounds like he took the mic from someone at, like, a, you know, uh, uh, at a wedding or something like that. And he's like, don't feel disgraced, baby. No, I love you. No, don't hide your face. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's so many people that we want to thank, like Diana Ross and uh, Michael Jazzy Jackson. Like, he just sounds like this guy is just slowly falling asleep as he's just like interrupting a very important thing that uh, you know people were hoping that no one would invite him to if you look into the production of it yeah it was just like rizza and people in the studio just trying to like doing what they can with what they could to make it sound as presentable as a thing as possible but yeah that's basically what a lot of this was I, and honestly i don't think this is the worst of it like because i think this it, they do like there's just enough duct tape and gum you know stitching this together where i think it actually comes together on the other side as an actual like weird enough thing where it's like i get this as being the representation of who this guy is you know uh, you know ghostface killer had his song on the raekwon album about him hitting on a chick and and this is the continuing saga of odb trying to hit on a chick and you know it doesn't go as well it's you know you get the gta failed at the end but you know this is his attempt you know what i mean then we get snakes which like what how did you feel about this one I think this was the fucking turnaround. Like, this mm. was a fucking standout. It felt like they were almost apologizing for how whack the last few songs <laughs> were. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, we need to make a fucking difference. We need to turn this ship around. This up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really liked uh, Snakes. A fucking Wu-Tang posse cut. Mm -hmm. Get huge Risen Master Killer Versus. Oh, uh, man. An appearance by Buddha Monk. I don't know why he was there. I could barely hear I... his verse. It was oh my fucking God. buried in the production. This is absolutely infuriating. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, okay? <laughs> yeah, let's because talk about it. Fucking snakes, killer priest. The the, the one man who was you know, he was supposed to be a part of the Wu Tang Clan, but he got high on uh high on shrooms or dust or something like that the night they were recording the mystery of chess boxing and Master Killer uh, recorded the verse instead, and the rest is history. And he he's always been the one that's like, oh oh oh, you just missed the registration for being a part of the Wu Tang Clan. He's like, oh no, can you let me in? Oh, I guess not. And, oh, and by the way, Capadonna's the tenth member now. And like, oh oh, you just missed it again. Oh oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, um, Killer Priest coming in, proving why he should have been that 10th member. Uh, and it's now here's what's insane about his verse, right? Is that it's like, it doesn't end on a punchline. It ends on like a broken dream. <laughs> like, it's, like the lyrics are, you know, it, it sounds like the opposite of a uh, rap verse about like, you know, I'm killing these dudes and, you know, wetting up the elevators with blood. Like he's like, this is the verse of being the victim of that. You know what I mean? But like, and his voice sounds so like affected. I mean, disaffected, you know, where he's just like, you know, um, cause he starts the verse. What did he say? He's like, uh, he said, stay strong. Cause this life is now over. <laughs> like there's something about like the way it starts. that sounds so hopeless. It's like, Oh yeah. That's what he says. It broke me up when they pat me on the shoulder said, stay strong. Cause this life is now over a flashback to the heathens that he rolled with. They shot him up and now nobody knows shit. And then when it, it like, he paints this whole fucking picture. And then when he gets to the end, uh, where he gets to the part where he's like, um, Oh, how does how does it? Oh yeah, he's like he says uh, uh like a blood starts to flood the floor from the elevator door. That's the last thing that I saw. Damn, we planned to make grands and buy a home, <laughs> and then it's just like and you hear like it sounds like the door's just closing on his feet <laughs> as it just cuts to the neck. It's just so insane that moment. It's just like oh my god, and then like cuts to like Riz's verse, which sounds like he's the guy who did it. You know, he's the fellow who did it. You know, Jagged Rocket God, Hearthstone is this maybe is like his best fucking verse ever, fucking bar none. The way he just goes on this like imagery, just this terror of imagery. Like he on the block, he was called by the mamas and the grandmas, indecent heathen, doing not delinquent. His weakness was frequently locked inside the precinct. His most recent cape was a catching space. Uh, excuse me, his most recent cape was a catching pace with snatched up snakes on the roof, butt naked, hang about like drapes. Then asked what's the combination to the safe with the brace, and those who didn't apply fell straight to their face. Razor blade sharp wound fades the dark. And raid more spots in space and knocks iron heart like Tony Starks. It's just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then like uh just the way it ends, it's like he's this problem for everyone who who's on this bad side, you know, it's just like uh and when he come through, niggas be looking out, hoping he gets shot or took it out, unlike the fuck of a Brooklyn house in PC on a liquid diet, but he was louder than a riot. <laughs> It's just like this madman who can't be stopped. And then Master Killer a little bit like lets up the energy a bit. But I feel like he doesn't, he, not enough to kill it. It's just kind of like, ah, this is what Master Killer does. But then, man, I gotta say, Old Dirty Bastard absolutely shits the bed and drops the ball. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> with the okay so here's the thing like the opening line kind of works where he's like bad bad Leroy Brown badish man in the whole damn town like if he would have actually done something with that and actually flipped off of that into something else but then he keeps going and, and it kind of slows down the thing even more after Master Killer you know it's like badder than the deep blue sea like it's just like okay you should have done you should have said something else by now that was original you know what I mean like and then the and then to jump off of that, niggas coming through the trees like a salamander, biting like a piranha, like salamander and piranha, like come on, we're doing this at the tail end of the word rhymes, you know what I mean? It's like, stop this, you know, the salamander, and, and this is what I was thinking, it's like, why weren't the fucking overwhelming VFX sounds on this fucking part instead of uh, Buddha Monk's part? Because his part comes into the fucking tail, it's like ODB kind of drops it, and then kill um, Buddha Monk just picks it up right again with like just six bars at the tail end but you can barely hear it but from what you can't hear it's clearly incredible and way better than ODB's verse you're just like why can't we hear what he's saying and why do we have to hear uh, coming through the trees like a salamander that's not threatening <laughs> like 
Like, you should have put the foot. Like, it would have been so much better if he's like, coming through the trees. Like, oh, what did he say? Uh, I don't really know what he's saying. Uh, oh, there was some attacking, you know, sword sounds over. I don't really know what he's saying. Something, maybe a salamander, but I don't know. But, oh, did you hear that Buddha monk verse? That was incredible. Why the fuck would you have his verse? I don't understand. Ugh. But the same Buddha chill. <laughs> and then just ODB having the nerve to be like, I ain't got to rhyme no more. Niggas, no. It's like, no, you don't have to rhyme anymore. Buddha monk should have been rhyming more. <laughs> Oh man, but then we get Brooklyn Zoo Part 2, which just, th this is the most falling apart of the falling apart. Like, this is the, it's falling away from them, falling away from them. <laughs> My first note is, why is this? <laughs> I, I How is don't... this the sequel to Brooklyn Zoo? Okay, <laughs> look. I just want to read this before we get into our own personal opinions. This is someone's genius annotation, okay? A song off ODB's debut album. The song is half studio, and the final half is ODB spitting wisdom on stage. Fellow <laughs> Wu-Tang MC Ghostface Killer has a great verse, and the beat is laced by RZA. ODB's verse was previously used on Damage featuring Jizza. But the beauty of Dur of Dirty's flow is that no matter how many times he spat the same verse, he always switched it up, and it always sounded fresh and dope, even if you'd heard these rhymes before. There really was no father to his style, and he will always be remembered as one of the greats. The dick riding here yeah, is you're crazy! <laughs> Whoa! Like, what are you shit! No, what happened was these Spitting were the best takes on they stage, could get. Was he? Yeah, these were the best takes Fuck they could off. get. I'll grab the mic and I'll damage you. Crush your stamina. Oh shit, that's not what rhymes. Uh, I gotta say it like this. I'll grab the mic and I'll damage you. Crush your stamina. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> and this is what we fucking waste Ghostface on. Yeah, yo, unique, yo, kid, check this shit out. <laughs> Like, why is he on this? <laughs> I don't understand. And then, like, like, he got the, lost. These... Like, they seriously, they, they, putting Ghostface on the song was their way of saving it. I don't know why it needed to be here at all. Yeah. What was the point of this? And just the way it's done. Yo, sh uh, all types of shit. Yo, let that shit run. Yeah, shit. Yo, yo, check this out. This is strictly for the radio. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this would never get played on the radio. <laughs> what are you talking about? So... I liked the new beat. I, I thought the beat was really cool. Yeah, the, oh, if there was an actual fucking some dope shit being right, like, oh, if he had flipped up these rhymes. Yeah, like, imagine. If was like, oh, these are the alternate takes of this rap verse. I would, I yeah. originally wanted to rap it this way, but then we wanted to use it. That would have been a cool look at the behind the scenes, but in front of you on the actual album. But it's so clearly a, you guys are just fucking around, and this is it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. I like the Ghostface verse, too. But then after that, it's just a half-assed, I don't know how many, no matter how many times he says it, it's a half-assed delivery of the damage verse. Yeah. It's like not even putting his fucking all no. into it. Half of it. it just, it's you so can't clearly, even uh, I'm just, I'm just doing a first take and just kind of, let's see where it goes as I say it, you know, like, yeah. Sounds awful. Then there's a montage of 
other songs from the yeah, album, what? like the fucking Prince soundtrack. Put me in the electric chair, whatever the fuck that No, Prince no, I, I feel like we're in a fucking anime and they're doing like, oh, you know, the commercial break in the next episode. Here's where you left off, you know? He was drunk in yeah. this song. Uh, they stitched together a, a rap verse with a, with a jizz on this song. Remember that? Uh, yeah, that's what you just heard. Uh, you know, it's like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, the the live portion is so fucking long, and I don't I didn't listen to it like I skipped it like I I realized oh this is just gonna be it for the rest of it why would I listen to this yeah it literally just goes uh see rap to me is like my bitch it's like my bitch and she fucks another dude and I'll get mad and I want to kill the bitch and I want to kill the nigga see this is how you must step up to the microphone and it's like. I guess it's like you said, like, oh, that's how you gotta, that's how you gotta engage with rap, like, like, you want to kill everybody. I guess I, I feel like there's a more succinct way you could have said that, but you know, it's just like so, just free wheeling, just like stream of consciousness. But the weird thing about it is like, I almost enjoy it as a sort of like, you know, uh, this is this is the dirty versions, right? This is what you know, just like the other song in Going Down, where it's like. The verses are honestly the least interesting part of it. The interesting part of it is the things happening around it that gives you the atmosphere of this person's life, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, this is him doing an open mic night where he's just bullshitting around. That's the reality of what he do in an open mic night. But the weird thing about it is it's like, it becomes this thing where you're like, oh man, the, and this is what ODB would be like in an open mic night. Isn't that crazy? And you're just like listening to it. And it's like, not really. This actually sounds like it's just... Be a little annoying and be like, can you get to the point? I just wanted to hear the song. I just, you know, like. And look, I'm just gonna say between this and who is it, Pharaoh The uh, they ain't fucking right. Remember that song? Oh, oh yeah. Who did that? Like, uh, I'm just gonna say, comparing rap to a woman. Stop that. Nah, yeah. no one's ever done it, good. <laughs> it gets lost in the sauce. It's I, a bad uh, metaphor. I used to love her as the only person who needs to do it. You know what I mean? That's fine. Common did it the one time. That was okay. One. Yeah, that was yeah. fine. <laughs> it was competent. <laughs> did, did you know that he's talking about hip-hop as a genre in that song? Oh, my God. <laughs> he's talking about the city of Chicago. <laughs> See, at the end, he kind of gives it away if you listen real close. <laughs> if you listen, you got to listen close, though. <laughs> what I'm talking about here is hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the shit to get you thinking, yeah. That's the thinking man shit. If you hear this verse said a different way, it yeah, it takes out the strength of the energy of the of that moment of him saying it, how he said it the first time. You know, because it's like, watch your ass take a big fall. Why? Because my main source is like a friendly game of stickball. Like, if you're hearing that really quick on the way to another run, that sounds fine. But when it's slower like this, it's like, I I'm kind of hearing how much, like, I'm thinking more about the logic of how this actually doesn't really work. You know what I mean? Like, and how it's not really that clever, you know? Like, yeah. But then we get Protect Your Neck to the Zoo, which, uh, a sequel song, which I actually feel kind of earns it <laughs> in the weird way. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what to make of this one. So the weird thing about this, it's like, it's not a Protect Your Neck, Inspect the Deck, everyone's spitting as lyrical as possible. This is a, like, it's about the energy of everyone being like as high energy as they are saying what they're saying and like again it's one of those things where it's like like again it's not about the lyricism it's about the power of what's being said because 
and this is an interesting tidbit that I had learned. Um, so you know how it starts where it sounds really intense and you're trying to figure out what's being said. It's like, you fuck that shit, you fuck at all. Like you hear that sort of thing in the background. You're like, what is happening? You're like, mm. you, you don't, oh, y'all motherfuckers. No, you did it. And you're like trying to figure out like who's saying what, who's talking to who. So I had found out that apparently there was an argument that was legitimately happening in the studio where everyone was like oh. legitimately like arguing, getting angry with each other about something about like what they wanted to do with like the recording. So it was legitimately a heated moment and old dirty bastard was was trying to defuse it and he was like i got an idea and he's like start recording and <laughs> apparently old dirty bastard just starts singing oh lassie and like and everyone's like arguing like duh, 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 what the fuck you're not taking it serious what the fuck and he's like oh lassie and he's like starts pointing at the recording he's like what what the fuck and it's like uh, yeah i was like that's right motherfucker i'm gonna let all your motherfuckers know if you were from queens whether you're from brooklyn or manhattan you ain't gonna do nothing with these motherfuckers tonight and so it's just like all right everyone go and so it's like we got the energy everyone's hyped up and instead of getting angry at each other let's just start rapping <laughs> oh so it's like, jesus it's a, so it's like a weird emotional Let's diffuse the energy by instead of being angry at each other, you know, using that power to best each other in the combat of the arena of rap, you know? And so it's Damn. like, on that level, it's impressive. But yeah, like, like individually, the line for line is not incredible, but like the energy is so high that it kind of makes up for it. So, like, it's that sort of thing, you know? So it's so weird. Um... Because, yeah, if you listen, it feels so unstructured, right? Where it's like, older Dirty is like, so it stacks out. This one's the blackout. Dirty, hear me? You're wrong, I'm afflicted. It's a G-type shit that makes it real stupid. It's like the hands, like the hands, put the drink off. Yo, like, it sounds like they're trying to outdo each other just in power, if you notice, you know? So it's like, it's kind of fascinating in that way. So like, it's it's one of those, like, I understand it technically not being the best, but just the raw, like, just jumping into a, you know, it's a spiritual successor. It's not a lyrical successor. <laughs> then we get this unfinished demo of a song. Oh my God. Uh, so, cutting heads. And you know what's infuriating about this? As I listened back to it, I was like, you know, the rhymes actually aren't that bad, but it's. And that like, was okay for what it was. So awful. <laughs> like, it's just like, dude, re record this shit. Why would you put this on the album? Yeah. It's like, dude, you have a studio now. Why do you not want to re record? Because I could see this being like a bridge, like, like the Damage song. This being like, a, you know, we're still in the early 90s and we're trying to do a bridge to the, you know, the, a newer style. So we're like, you know, here I go, here I go. We're the friend, we're the foe, we're the flow, that I flow over the rainbow. Let them know that. I, like, I like that they're, you know, playing with shit and trying to bring these old routines back in a fun way that's still f sort of fresh. But like the fact that it's so badly recorded and also that they like clearly didn't uh, update some of the lyrics. So it still feels kind of like it, it even at the time this feels dated. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it said it was from the Wu from the first Wu Tang demo tape. It's like, what the fuck is it doing here then? Yeah, um, and it, it, like I think it's a track like this that really brought down and added to what felt like the cheapness of the album. Uh, g going back to it now that I think about it, because this is so late. And, and, like, for this to be included, it's like, no, all points count, man. You can't just go, well, it's at the end. It's like, no, this still is a part of it. And it drags it down, especially, you know, th this is the one of the parting things you're going to leave us with. You know, the lending song is even more yeah. crucial. Yeah. And so it always threw me off to be like, oh, this is why the album always felt, like, a little lesser. Because even for the higher moments, by the time we get here, like, having 
uh, I, I will say a couple of songs in a row that are very lackluster. It's just kind of like, yeah. well, yeah, we just ended with a sputter. You know, so we got we cutting really heads, which doesn't even fade out properly. Like it's <laughs> like it does the almost about like, you know, you can hear the oh, it's almost fade, And then it just cuts out before it fully fades. Like, well, God damn it. You couldn't even do the ending. properly. <laughs> you couldn't and, even re-record an outro. Yeah. And then uh, we get dirty dancing again. The 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 pff, limp fart of a Method Man ODB collab, which honestly sounds like it sounds like Method Man starting to try to rhyme a little bit, but it feels like ODB's just trying to fuck with him and make him laugh. Like there's just an, a disproportionate amount of time spent on the you know halfway uh, reference gay joke of the oh Martin Lawrence thing of you used to dip your head in the water. Yeah, what is that doing there? Yeah, why does it go on for so long? It's like this isn't funny. It's like if we know the bit, you're just biting the bit. Yeah. You're just doing the bit. Like you're not even like doing it different. <laughs> you're just doing it word for word. Yeah, and slower and more annoying. <laughs> I liked Method Man on the track, and I liked how overly, like, the how, like, creepy the song was, especially the, you're getting sleepy part. I yeah. thought that was kind of fun. Um, but- I actually liked the track overall, especially, we, you didn't mention it yet, but there's a, there's a weird yelling in the background. Oh, yeah. There's just like, ah! Ah! <laughs> I can't explain it. You just gotta go back and you listen to it. It's kind of like it's just in the background, very subtle, just like ah, ah. And you're hearing what sounds like wind chimes or something going. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. It's a very creepy song. Um, but the thing is, ODB like doesn't match it. It sounds like he's like no. not hearing what Method Man and the beat are trying to do, and he's just trying to make everyone laugh, and it's just like. Dude, what are you doing? Like, we're we're going for something here. We're going for atmosphere, and because when he's rapping, he's clearly doing these like written in exactly in 1991, June of 1991 raps, where it's like super logical. This super logical rap. I detect your dialect by the way you rap. I elect myself presidential. Like this is so like detached from anything. This is the most l- super lyrical miracle nonsense. Like, my career is so intelligent, unique physique. Uh, doing mathematics and I'm not democratic. Uh, static topic Asiatic. Uh, oh, I'm thumbing through the thesaurus and the dictionary to find a bunch of big words. Uh, you know what I mean? And, uh, and and then oh, this is the one where I was like, it's so funny. He's doing all of these hyper lyrical raps which are supposed to be you know automatically respectable points but honestly the best part was when he goes uh my name is old dirty bat my game to kick your ass (laughs) like just doing intro music for method man's uh, verse (laughs) like quick and relaxed take an x lax i'm shitting on the industry like just the fact that he was that intro for him like that not that just intro trumpet sound was way better than anything lyrically you were just saying like you know (laughs) <laughs> so I want to highlight that as a as the dope lyric of that song. <laughs> and uh, finally, we get Harlem World, which, okay, mm. I, I want to say something. Because there was something that I never appreciated before of what was happening in this verse that I didn't realize. Because at first, this one's always felt like the big dud uh, of the album, where it's just like, it's just nothing happening. It's just do 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 and it's just like waste a whole bunch of fucking time in the beginning again with these old school like straight up mid 80s routines i remember straight straight up just aping hollywood swinging for like a minute and a half and (laughs) yeah yeah 
and uh, except I guess it's through the the uh, the perspective of the hater of the Wu Tang Clan, you know, because he went to see the Wu Tang show and he wanted to rap like them, but he's going mad. He's like, ah, I can't rap like them. I guess. Ah. And but so now his rapping to me always felt like weirdly half low energy as a kid, but now that I'm an adult, I'm weirdly seeing what he's doing, and it's not like a thing that you can appreciate just listening to, but it's like an interesting sort of like how he's playing with the expectation of where the rhymes are and like not giving it to you. But then when he gives it to you, it's like starting the next line and shit like that. Like I'd never realized that before, but I'm actually kind of appreciating that now in a way that's like, Oh, that kind of gives that a little bit of like appreciation, but like the aesthetic of, of the song is still not enjoyable ultimately. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I appreciate what you're doing from a technical perspective, but it still leaves this Swiss cheesiness of the verse, you know, which still, starts and stops the energy of it you know what i mean um mm. and, and then there's just the what was that you're not the king of the diss you're the queen of a bitch you're like homosexual yeah it's always switched and it's like oh you, you, you almost made it through a full album without the without Man. the homophobic yeah. oh, so oh. <laughs> and i was almost it, see, the thing is, I was almost about to be like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, someone walks with a switch, you know, it's kind of like, a, oh, a girl or a woman is like, okay, so you get, if Todrick Hall said that lyric, that wouldn't be too bad, you know, and then he double taps the homophobia with a, you duck-sucking motherfucking cold-hearted It's like, oh, come on, stop! I have no idea where that fucking came from. Yeah, I was cold -hearted, like... Cold-hearted, like, what? I was so, man, like... Rev and Kill Bill and myself had this whole talk last week about uh, homophobia in rap lyrics and, you know, sometimes people throw the F-slur around as just, like, another insult for people and they don't really mean it in a yeah. way. It, it, re it really does come down to tone, though. Like, mm. even if I didn't get a homophobic vibe from ODB... When you're yelling shit like that, like, right. that's off-putting as fuck. Yeah, like, what am I supposed to think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I, I hate that there was so many, well, at least there were a few. I'm not going to say so many. But there were some really strong cuts on this album. But there is so much more mediocre to yeah. kind of bad than, than yeah. good, unfortunately. Now, I will say on this track, like, there were one or two lyrics that I had appreciated that I didn't, again, didn't realize what was happening before. Like, th these are, like, super grimy, whatever the fuck. Like, uh, these are the dirty, you know, trash can, you know, the uh, dumpster juice raps, you know what I mean? He's like, you can't <laughs> smile, your teeth are too shitty, you can't even move, your draws are shitty. You know what else? You're shaped like a thistle. The holes in your drawers when you fart, them shits whistle. Like, I had oh, never yeah. heard that line before. Because he says, the holes in your drawers when you fart them shits, and then you hear a little whistle, and I never realized what was happening. Oh. So I was like, oh my god. So it caught me off guard. And then the part where he says, like, you wear your socks 12 days in a row, turn them shits to the other side so the dirt won't show. Like, that just sounds like something he actually obser observed of someone, you know, when he was calling them out, like, ah, I, I see you, fucking cheapskate. Your mom don't have a laundry. Uh, your mom don't have a fucking washer and dryer, does she? I fucking caught you, asshole, you know? And then, uh, what was that? Um, the one rhyme where he says, like, hog flesh MC, go play in the mud. Another 20th century, modern day. And then he cuts out. 
And then you hear him say, cannibal, humanoid, underground dweller, Chud broke loose from the goddamn cellar. So it's like a weird sort of delaying of the rhyme that he was doing there that I didn't realize. Mm. And he's delaying it because he's saying cannibal, humanoid, underground. So I said the I'm saying the rhyme through saying what the phrase is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting and cool. Not enough to save the song, but, you no. know, it's something. You know what I mean? Mm. Um... It's, so it's kind of like, oh, you're thinking there, but that's not enough to really save this. And, man, if that doesn't come down to, uh, what, what, you know, getting to our ratings, um, I, I gave it ultimately. So I, as I'm rating this thing, man, let, let, let me give you what the rating I, I put down was, right? Because we're always trying to, you know, uh, either round up or round down. But this is what the raw rating was. It was 3.7647. And, and you mm. want to know... How, how I got there, because, you know, I do my ratings and stuff like that, and then the more I'm looking at it, the more it's like, well, should it be the 4? Uh, should it be the 3.5? Well, you know, because I'm like, the more I look into it, the more I'm fascinated by, like, fascinated by certain moments that I didn't appreciate before, like the Brooklyn Zoo and the, I mean, the well, I mean, just how cool Brooklyn Zoo really was. I appreciate it even more, really listening to it from a critical uh, ear, and, and the, um, the, the Protect Your Neck 2 and, like, just how visceral that energy really gets you and how uh, uh tracks like raw hide really were like stars of the track way more than i remember giving it credit for but so i have that moment of being like well that 4.7 well that 7 could round up to a 5 and that 5 could round up that 6 to a 7 and that 7 could round up you know with the 3.764 you know i could round it up but then i keep thinking about all those fucking tracks the wasteland of tracks that were just so bad that it's like oh no i could never give it a 4 because because come on, there's just so much time where we're just wasting time doing nothing and going through these weird moments. So at the end of the day, you know, the most I can get, you know, at 3.5, I think, yeah, that sounds about right. Because three just doesn't sound right enough. There's just just enough ambition where it feels like it's more than that. But I cannot give this a more. I cannot in good conscience, you know what I mean? Give this a more. There's just so much that's so weird and wacky. But uh yeah, that's how I feel. 3.5 3 feels the most justified at the end of the day. As me as a tortured soul trying to do my best, to do my due diligence, to 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 not just be a fanboy. And, you know, no, you know what I'm saying? The fanboy wants to be, oh, but it's so unique. You got to give it the 4 to 5. But no, no, I have to be an honest man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I got a 3.5 even. <laughs> I think I had mentioned it that I had listened to this album when I was at work. And that's a totally different vibe than when you're home and you're reading along to it. Because when I was at work, I thought this album was charming and just fun and different. But man, when you're really reading along and paying attention, all the cracks start to show. Right, right. And yeah, it's not that great. But that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Going Off. Thank you so, so much for spending your time with us. I was about to say this afternoon, but it's whenever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on the drive into work, the drive home from work, if you're listening to it at work, uh, I'm personally mm -hmm. very curious. So leave that in the comments where or when you're listening to this. I'd, I'd yeah. love to be able to, you know, add that flavor text. Know what 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 part in your day that we play is... Uh, and so we can know what self-aware references to make when we go like, Ah, you spilled your coffee, didn't you, asshole? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we tear down that fourth wall, that pesky fourth wall who needs it. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though we did our own personal reviewer choice this week, don't forget that we oftentimes, more often than not, review albums requested by listeners. And you can put in a request 
over at our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. And let's see. We got all the links in the description. Our Twitters, our Patrons, our Kofis, our YouTubes. Uh, we got the fan house popping off on the Riffcom side. We got Riff uh, Rope Break episodes going up on a weekly basis at this point. At least we're trying to keep up with that. Oh, and to let you know, yeah, on my Kofi, if you are a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash rapcritic, you can get uh, Kofi subscription. Uh, you can get Kofi requests half off anything that's over $15. So, yeah, if you're doing a movie request, uh, uh, you know you know what I'm saying? Any of the other requests, uh, street requests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Wait, is that included? I, I never remember what the hell <laughs> the prices are. <laughs> but anything that's over $50 of the requests that I'm doing, personal requests, stuff like that, uh, it's half off if you are a Patreon subscriber. So it's kind of like, a, oh, hey, if you already support me over here in the small way, then, you know, whenever you're giving over here, you're getting half off. You know what I'm saying? For for, for uh, helping your boy out, you know what I'm saying, on that monthly basis. So uh, get with it. Act like you want it. That's how, that's, that's how we're doing things. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to get someone to co-host next week. Uh, I, I know I right know. now that I officially have plans for uh, every time we're going to do this. My official plan is, you know, for every one of these uh, uh, reviewer requests, I'm going to be going through the dregs of Wu-Tang Clan. That, that, this is officially my plan now. We're going to be going through the second ODB album. Then we're going to be going through oh, the, the disappointing uh, uh, Inspective Deck albums. We're going to be going through all the Wu-Tang duds to see oh, what really was great or bad. <laughs> As I rub my hands like Birdman. <laughs> oh, I'm now inspired. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. You, you're going down the Dr. Goatman route. Yeah. <laughs> Respectable. <laughs> it's my podcast. I'm in control. Me, 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 my, my, my. <laughs> down, down, down. Mine, mine, mine. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, folks, we will see you next time on Going Off. But until then, I'm Muse. And I'm the rap critic. And we're the baddest music podcast. I don't care if you care. I just give what you receive. <laughs>